What's up, guys? It's Jackson here. It is Thursday, March 2nd, about 4 p.m., and I am just about an hour away from getting on the road and heading out to Crested Butte for the weekend. I'm super excited. I get a week, a weekend off of teaching skiing in Vail to go ski with some close friends up in Crested Butte. I know that sounds uh, very privileged of me. I'm taking a weekend off of skiing to go skiing, but um, I guess it shows that I love it's it's what I love to do. I love to free ski is, is really what the uh, the supervisors at Vail would say. Um, and uh, I, I have more to say about that. I think the boys and I will do a an entire episode about working at Vail later this season um, after we finished uh, our job commitment for the season. That way maybe we can speak our minds a little bit more than we usually would. Anyhow, I apologize. Last weekend... We did not podcast. It was President's Weekend, and because of that, we were enjoying the day off, and I I let everyone take the day off that last week. But apologies to our listeners. I know we need to get some new content out there, and I think that because the spring has rolled around, everyone's just feeling a little bit busier all of a sudden. So even this week, I couldn't get Satchel or Alex to commit to the podcast. Hence, I am here on my own. Either I couldn't get them to commit or they are mad at me, one or the other. So uh, if you're out there listening, Satchel and Alex, give me me a ring if we have to talk through something. (laughs) Anyhow, I've been taking notes over the last few weeks on some of the things that I've seen out on the ski hill, on I-70, just some things that I think are interesting. If I don't take notes, then I forget to bring them to the pod. But that day of President's Day, that Monday, um, Alex Satchel and our friend Andrew Yee, we all got together and went to Woodward at Copper. If you guys haven't been to Woodward at Copper, it is awesome. They have this giant barn. It's a barn. They call it the barn. And it's an area where you can go and practice all of your acrobatics that you would like to take to the snow. And this is so great because... They have the facility and the tools necessary and the coaches there to help you improve at doing trip tricks without the consequences of falling on really hard packed snow. So for example, they have probably like six Olympic sized trampolines. They have gymnastics flooring and they also have four various ramps that you can go and hit on their custom skis they have these roller skis that allow you to go on a wooden ramp that launches you into a foam pit so you can kind of progress your way up the different sized ramps and practice whatever tricks you want so for example i wanted to work on a double backflip which is pretty much the next step i I think uh, now that i have the a single backflip nailed at this point um And so what these ramps allowed me to do was start on the smallest ramp, just get a feel for what it's like to have those roller skis on going off the smallest wooden jump. You can't really turn with those skis on. As you can imagine, since they're wheels, you're not edging into the snow as you would normally be. So it's a little bit of a learning curve just to get used to 
going straight and then not throwing your trick early before you go off the ramp because that can cause you to fall. But then once I had a good feel for going straight off the jump and, and the, and the uh, wooden roller skis in general, I moved it up to the smallest uh, large ramp, if you will. When you guys go in there, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's, there's a small, medium, large, and an extra small. That's what I started on. But I started with the smallest ramp and was able to throw a backflip even just on that small ramp, which is something I'm pretty comfortable with. Again, making sure you go off perfectly straight, throw your arms, extend through the hips, and then bring your knees to your chest, which is ultimately what gets your flip around. Once I felt pretty comfortable with that small ramp, I moved it up to the medium ramp. Again, just throwing the backflip, making sure I feel comfortable with the amount of time that I'm in the air, making sure I feel like I will have enough time to get a second flip in there, and then ultimately going for it because that foam pit is so forgiving. You're not going to get hurt in there. So you, you can really go there. And as long as you're making it off the ramp into the air, you can throw any trick you want and, and pretty much not get hurt. I, I can't guarantee that, obviously. But, um, you know, we, we watched a lot of people go off the ramps and land in awkward ways and nobody was getting hurt. And the other thing I'll say, the great benefit, another great benefit is the coaches in there. They're watching you and they're, they're monitoring to make sure everyone is giving each other enough space, going off the ramps um, independently of one another. And they will actually give you instruction too. So when I'm doing that uh, double backflip for the first time, the coach was able to uh, lean over to me and say, hey, Jackson, make sure to uh, hold that just a little bit longer. Or, hey, Jackson, that was, that was perfect on the come out. You're going to when you're actually taking it to snow, you're going to land perfectly. So that's just kind of an example of how I found a lot of value in going to the, the wooden ramps at Woodward. And I just wanted to call out both Satchel and Alex who made some awesome progressions in their own tricks and their own right. They, um, they, Alex was able to really nailed down his 360, um, working on <clears throat> twisting all at once, getting the full his full body around, not just his legs, which is something that is difficult for anyone learning a 360. So I think it was helpful for him. And then Satchel was able to get his back flip around for the first time, which was great to see. He was really wanting to get it and he was persistent and finally was getting it consistently before the end of our two hour session at Woodward. And just in terms of pricing, I think that the value that you get from going to Woodward is actually worth it. Um, they do make you do one intro session, which costs $70. There's about a 20 minute instruction class, if you want to call it where they teach you how to be safe in the gym and on all of the equipment. And then afterwards you have the rest of the two hour session to go and um, play as you'd like and, and hit any of the features that you'd like. And then once you've done that intro session, you can do drop-in sessions anytime you'd like after, after that. And those cost $55. So a little bit less expensive, but where, we thought the best value is, if, if you really got into this, would be to buy a season pass, which costs 350 bucks, but that would allow you to go an unlimited amount of times 
and they're not just open during the winter. They're open almost year round. I believe there was only two months out of the year when they were not open. So there's some really good value there. And then if there was a day when you were skiing and the conditions were just crappy and you were like, hey, I'm going to go work on my um, on my backflip. I'm going to go work on my cork or whatever it is, then you could go in there and, and you know, get away from the, the uh, super icy snow. So that's something we may look at doing here in the future. But I just wanted to give a little review of Woodward for all of our listeners who haven't been there. Speaking of icy snow, I feel like the conditions around Colorado have degraded over the last few weeks. We just haven't been getting those pow days like we were earlier in the season. So I've been spending a little bit more time in the bro tubs and a little less time on the slopes. I think that's okay. But that being said, I think we need to start an entire bro tub review section of this podcast, given how much we talk about it. And I'll kick it off with a couple of bro tubs that we've been in over the last two weeks. The first one being kind of a random bro tub as part of our friend Andrew's Airbnb. It was right there at the Eastvale exit, right when you get off. And it kind of overlooks back towards downtown Vail. So there's that massive rock wall that you can see. Beautiful scenery from there. However, Andrew and his buddies had been staying at that Airbnb for about a week and we were on the tail end. So it was not the cleanest hot tub that I had ever been in. Andrew acknowledged it and we made sure to shower after getting out. But um, I would give that bro tub experience a 5 out of 10 for the view. The second bro tub that we've been in a couple of times, I believe, is the Vail Racket Club bro tub. And that is a great bro tub if you guys haven't been in it. They actually just remodeled their indoor hot tubs. So we were able to get in there last week. We met a woman who had started a couple biotech companies out of uh, Boston. Such a Vail thing to say. But anyhow, that was a great experience. And I would give it an 8 out of 10. There you have it, the Bro Tub Review section. It's officially time for some mounting news in the mountains. Looking at the Summit Daily. And actually, I heard this from, I believe it was Hunter. Yes, our, our buddy Hunter told me last night that Copper's Alpine lot might change to, to charge skiers. It will no longer be a free lot. So that is a little bit of a bummer. Actually, a lot of a bummer. These resorts just continue to charge more and more for parking. It becomes harder and harder to find free parking at any of these resorts. And Copper is just the latest of many to um, begin charging. According to the article, a board of county commissioners meeting resulted in the director of development, Elena Scott and Norris Design, to build an 80 unit workforce housing complex next to the lot. And Elena made the case that charging skiers and boarders at the resort's largest parking site next season would help incentivize carpooling and alternative modes of transportation to reduce traffic congestion. I don't agree with that. I believe that is a bit of a ruse just uh, to make more money. And people are probably unfortunately going to drive and not carpool regardless. Um, Maybe it helps congestion marginally, but we need better and bigger thinking out there to reduce the traffic problem overall. 
The next thing that I want to talk about is a conversation that we had at dinner this last weekend. My parents were talking about someone that they had witnessed on the phone in line at chair four at Vail. And one of the lifties or one of the line attendants at chair four came up to this person and said, hey, uh, finish your phone call. You're in a no phone zone or you're going to have to go to the back of the line. And apparently the person did not get off their phone. And so the line attendant said, hey, you know what? Actually, um, just come with me. And she actually led, he or she led that person all the way to the end of the line to, to go and finish the phone call, which I hadn't heard of. But I think it's actually a completely valid response from that Vail employee. I, I didn't actually know that those were no phone zones. I'm typically distracted with other things when I'm in a ski line other than my phone. But I think that it makes a lot of sense. People don't want to be listening to your phone call when you're standing in line next to them. They also don't want you to run into them or ski under the back of their skis because you're not paying attention and because you're on the phone. So I think there's a lot of validity to their, their decision towards not towards enforcing a no phone zone while you're in line with other people. It also forces you to pay attention and actually alternate or to pay attention when you're actually getting on the lift. I bet if you asked a Vail employee or a lifty specifically, they would say, yeah, we have that rule because we've seen people fall or miss the lift or have to stop the lift because they're on their phone, dropping gear, whatever it may be. So totally um, valid response from, from the Vail employee in that case and very interesting. I hadn't hadn't heard of that. Thought I would bring it up here. If you guys have a similar experience, maybe you've gotten yelled at for being on your phone. We'd love to hear that. And uh, yeah, send us an in Instagram message. That's probably the, the best way to reach us. Or uh, you can actually leave us a voice message on the Anchor app. The last story I'll talk about for today, just to keep this pod nice and short today, since I don't have the crew with me, is Ski Boots at the Bar. So after skiing last weekend, we went down to the Blue Cow, which is a great place to get a picture after skiing. Pretty darn expensive though. A local spot, so we were supporting the locals. But after our picture at the Blue Cow, we decided to have one more at Shakedown Street. If you guys haven't been to that bar, it's underground right next to the Blue Cow. And they always have live music going on in there. If you go before like 11 p.m., you can get in there without a cover charge, which is great. But we went down there, had a pretty wild time, to be honest. We were uh, sipping pictures and taking shots at 6 p.m., which is an early start for us, for sure. And we were talking to the bouncer a little bit, and he said, oh, you guys still got your ski boots on. And, of course, we did. We, we had come just from skiing, and he said, you know, if somebody still has their ski, ski boots on past 9 p.m., I don't allow them in the bar. And it's because if you still have your ski boots on at 9 p.m., you've probably been drinking for four or five hours, and it's time for you to go home. I thought that was a pretty funny and interesting thing. I don't know. We have some friends that pride themselves, actually Jade Noble specifically, who prides herself on being in her ski boots late into the night. Maybe, maybe the guys like it. I'm not totally sure. But uh, yeah, she prides herself on it. I think she's been in her ski boots till 2, 3 in the morning at the bar, 
that's got to be a record or something. But um, yeah, I think I would draw the line at eleven, somewhere around eleven p.m. midnight. If you're still in your ski boots, then yeah, you're prob. It's probably time to go home. So I wanted to leave you guys with our mountain of the week, which we're gonna call Crested Butte. It's where I'm headed uh, in just a few hours here. Crested Butte has had about a foot of snow through the beginning of this week and over the next 72 hours is looking at another six inches possible, which is great. So I'm excited to get out there to Crested Butte and hopefully ski some powder. They need a lot of coverage to cover the rocks up there. And so I'm hoping that uh, I can bring my, my, my better skis and don't have to bring the rock skis. Anyhow, some other mountains that have notable snow upcoming into the weekend would be Steamboat, number one. Over the next 120, they could get 31 inches. Over the next 72, so looking uh, Friday through Sunday, they're looking at 13 inches. Some other mountains to note, Winter Park could get eight, so kind of along that same corridor with Crest, with uh, Steamboat, pardon me. And then going down the list, Vale is looking at five, Aspen four, Beaver Creek four, and Summit County all around two or three inches. I don't want to discount our southern mountains, which have just gotten hammered recently. I've seen videos out of Silverton, Telluride, Wolf Creek, where it's just waist deep champagne powder. So if you're able to get to Southern Colorado, I think it's still skiing really good down there. And they just seem to be in the storm cycle right now. So we hope you get out and ski some fresh snow this weekend. And thanks for listening to me ramble on my own today. I promise I will get the boys back on the pod next week. We're going to have some more great content coming at you. If you haven't already, please go and leave us a review. Um, Write us a message on Instagram. It gives us more to talk about, and we love hearing from like-minded skiers and boarders. Helps helps us build a bit of a community. So please do not hesitate to reach out and pray for snow, y'all. We'll see you next week.